do just want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you have done. God, um, how can we uh, say thanks for all the things that you've done for me and for us as a church? Um, Things that we really didn't deserve, and yet you have just poured out uh, blessing after blessing upon us. God, in the midst of the challenges that we face, in the hard times you're with us, God, when we feel uh, uh, our hope fading, you surround us and support us and strengthen us. God, when we felt that there was nothing that we could do, you saved us, forgave us, gave us new hope. God, we're glad that we have committed ourselves to you, our lives unreservedly to you. God, we thank you that we have received and continue to receive all the good things that you offer us as we come to you humbly and um, seeking your forgiveness. You, You fill us and you continue to give us your grace. Thank you, God. And today we just want to give back praise to you. Give back thanks for all the things that you have done. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, too, you'll uh, just remember in your heart and keep praying for our young adults. They're uh, down at Anglesey on a camp there. There's about 50 of them. So uh, we're thinking of those people and praying for them. Camps are great times. So um, just continue to hold them in your hearts this morning. Um, Shortly after World War II in uh, England, uh, Europe really was beginning just to pick up the pieces again after that that war, and much of uh, London was ravished from the war. And perhaps I'm told one of the saddest sights that were seen in those times in London was just the sight of many orphans running around the streets, uh, their parents killed in the war. And many of them were starving. And early one chilly morning, uh, a soldier was making his way back to the barracks in London. And as he turned the corner in his Jeep, he spotted a little lad, a little boy, with his nose pressed right hard against the window of a pastry shop. And inside, the, the cook was kneading all the dough for a fresh batch of donuts that he was making. And the hungry boy just stared in silence, watching every move. And the soldier noticed and pulled up his jeep to the curb and and stopped and got out and walked quietly over to where the boy was, was standing. And through the steamed window, uh, the soldier could see uh, where the little fellow was looking. Uh, there was... The donuts were coming out and were, be putting up, were being put onto a glass cabinet and uh, they'd just come straight out of the oven, piping hot. And the boy was beginning to like salivate in front of him. And as he was standing there, the soldier heard a groan come from the boy. Um, the soldier's heart went out to this nameless orphan and he said to him, son, would you like some of these? And the the boy said, oh, yeah, I I would. And so the soldier stepped inside and bought a dozen of these donuts for the boy. And as he walked back out, 
he gave them to the boy and began to walk away from where he was standing. As he was walking away, he felt the boy tug on his arm and he looked up to the soldier and he said, Hey, mister, are you God? (laughs) The truth is that we're perhaps never more like God than when we give. Uh, When we give to others we become more and more like God. Because when you think about it, God is an incredible giver to us, isn't he? He's incredibly generous. He's a kind of radical giver. He gives over the top to you and I. And he continues to give daily to each of us. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. God gave. And he didn't just give, you know, one donut. <laughs> he gave his only son. Costly, he gave to us. He gave generously over the top. And, you know, what I've found is those who have understood that the essentials of life are to firstly to understand this God who loves us and commit ourselves to us first, commit ourselves unreservedly to him. People who do that. And people who, secondly, after committing themselves unreservedly to him, receive from God all the good things that he gives to us by his grace. When we empty ourselves of the things that stop us from receiving all that he wants to give, and we receive from him. People who are full just love to give, to give back to God. In fact, it's an essential for life to be a giver because the more we give to God, the more we become more and more godly in our lives. This morning I want to talk with you about giving to God. Those who commit to him and receive from him, how we can give back to God. And I want to talk to you this morning about giving and about how we can give to God in a way that we can wrestle with the scriptures while we're doing that as well, to understand what God wants us to do. And I think as soon as you start to look through the pages of the scripture, you see that God is a giving God and he wants us to give. He wants us to give because he's a giver and he wants us to become like him. As we've said, God so loved the world that he gave. God is constantly uh, reaching out to us. And the truth is, you can give without loving, but you can't live without, you can't love without giving. You can give to somebody without loving them, but you can't love without giving. And those who have committed themselves to God because we've received his love and we love him and received from him, we give because we love God. And then because we realise that God loved us and we love him, we love other people and we want to give to them as well. Christians, I think, ought to be the most giving people in the world. Don't you think? I think we ought to be like that because we should be the most loving people. And loving people give. I think another reason why it's great to give, because uh, you know, not only, first of all, giving makes me more like God, 
Secondly, giving draws me closer to God. If you have your Bibles with you, just quick, quickly turn to uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 21. And you read that, that Jesus says there, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Do you know, when, wherever I put my priorities into, whether it's my money or my time or my energy or my commitments, shows where my priorities are. It shows where my treasure is. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If I put my money in my house, and if that's where all of it's going, well, that's where my treasure is. If I put my money into eating and eating out, then that's where my stomach is. No, that's where my <laughs> treasure is. <laughs> if I put my money into my clothes, into my hobbies, it shows what I really treasure. And so when I give to God, and when I give to his purposes, and when I give of my time and my energy and my gifts and all that to God and his purposes, then it shows that's where my heart is. So when we think about why we should give, the question should be is, where do I want my heart to be? Where do I want my heart to be? For wherever you want your heart to be, that's where you need to put your giving, where your treasure is. There your heart also. Another reason I think why God wants us to give is that it actually um, confronts, it's kind of like an antidote to materialism. Uh, does anyone notice that we live in a world that is just so material? Anyone, anyone realise that you turn on your TV screen and there's just needs of what you must have, what you definitely have to, can't do without? Um, the, the TV screams at us. Materialism simply means get, 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 get. It's kind of like that saying, he who dies with the most toys wins. <laughs> but the truth is that he who dies with the most toys still dies. You know. The opposite of, of getting is giving. And giving in a world that is all about getting, uh, really comes and confronts that value in society and in ourselves, the desire to, to get from everything that we do. And when we determine to give, it just uh, puts a real knock on our own desire to have and to have and to feed our own needs and selfishness. 1 Timothy chapter 6 Verses 7, 17 to 18. You can turn to that too if you have that there. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verses 17 to 18. It says there, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. 
command them to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will take hold of the life that is truly life. I want you to notice in this verse here, it says, command those who are rich. And we think, wow, think of those rich people. I mean, imagine them, can you? It would be fun commanding them. The truth is, everybody here in this room is rich. Did you know that? Every single one of us are rich. Everybody who lives in Australia is rich compared to the rest of the world. We are so wealthy. And most of the world would love to have the kind of uh, problems that we have. Uh, you know, uh, things like cars breaking down. <laughs> we would just love a car, people would say. Uh, even a meal would be nice. You know, when it says, command those who are rich, he's talking to us. Uh, and he says in this verse, everything is given for our in- enjoyment. We don't have to feel guilty that we have so much. It's given for us to enjoy. And these are, are, are blessings. And God has blessed us, but he has blessed us uh, that, so that living that we can experience the living that comes from giving what we have. See uh, how he says there, um, you you know, in this way they will take hold of the life that is truly life. In in this way they will take hold of life by sharing with others what we've been given, by giving and sharing. So the more and more we give what we have to others, we enjoy life. And we give to those that don't have as much. Giving is an antidote to materialism. Fourthly, giving blesses me in return. I don't know about you, but uh, the more I give, the more I feel uh, bigger. I just feel more generous. There are so many promises that you could use to show that blessing a giving blesses me in return. Here's a, here's a few. Uh, from Proverbs 22, verse 9, it says, A generous man will himself be blessed. It also says uh, in Proverbs 11:25, A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. God will come close to him who is generous, it says in Psalm 112, verse 5. Over and over again, the Bible talks about those who give of what we have, whether it be finance or our time or our uh, service or all our possessions, as we, as we think about those and as we give them and don't grab them to each other. Uh, the Bible says time and time that God blesses me as I give. Uh, the fifth point is that giving makes me happy. Did you know that? Giving makes us happy. Jesus says there's more happiness in giving than in receiving. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This is what it says in Acts 20 and verse 35. Uh, A lot of people, we really don't believe this first sometimes, I think, because if we did, we'd be more interested in giving than in receiving. And we'd continue to take delight in giving. Some people say, give until it hurts. (laughs) I reckon it's better to say, give until it brings joy, (laughs) you know, 
because that's what it's about, giving. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And, you know, there are two kinds of people in life that you will come across, people who are takers and will kind of um, take everything that they can in life from others. And then there are givers, people that give. And the happiest people in life, who do you think they are? They're not the takers. They're the givers. The happiest people in life are the givers. Do you you notice that no one ever honours the takers in life? They honour people who have given. You know, people that have given their lives in service for a company or given themselves to a great cause are honoured by people. Uh, People that have given to help others. Carl uh, Menninger who's a top psychiatrist, says, giving is a, criteria, a criterion of mental health. Um, generous people are rarely mentally ill. The more healthy you are, the more unafraid you are to give away. The more you hold on to things and are afraid to give away, that's an indication that there's fear in your life. Giving makes me happy. An extreme example of this is a man named Howard Hughes. This man named Howard Hughes, as a youth, was a typical kind of, um, uh, what would you call, uh, like a playboy. You know, like one of those people that have lots of money and just um, have passions for parties and beautiful women. And he had an aversion towards giving. And as he grew older, he, and as he turned his inheritance into a an vast fortune, a huge wealth. He became more and more close-fisted and he, he kept it to himself and he let his wealth create an ever-increasing barrier between himself and other people. In his last years, he lived in seclusion. He became a recluse whose life was really devoted over and over again to avoiding germs and avoiding people. On the other hand... There's George Mueller. He was a sharp contrast to Hughes. Mueller also, he inherited wealth. But unlike Hughes, he established a lifelong program of generous sharing. Uh, he, was, he lived a life that was characterised by serving the needs of others. He, he ran orphanages where he just uh, helped those that were homeless and gave away. He depended on Christ, for, for God, for where his next all the meals would come and he gave generously to others. Do you know, uh, giving is one of the most effective antidotes for covetousness and it helps me find joy in life. As I see others blessed by the things that I give to, as I see uh, the things I give away, blessing others is fantastic. That's why 1 Timothy uh, 6, 18 to 19, as we said, instruct them to be generous, ready to share, so that they're able to take hold of that life. Sixth point, just on why, it's, why God wants us to be generous people who give, why this is an essential for life, is that giving stores up investment in heaven. Did you know that? Uh, Matthew six twenty. why don't we turn to that again? Just to, we're reading just 21 before. Matthew 6, 20, says these words, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, 
where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. So Jesus is telling us here in these verses that there's a bank in heaven. You know, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, but on earth, store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Um, the way to invest in that bank now is to give towards things that will last forever. You know, to, to give to things that will last eternally. Uh, give to things that will help people come to know Jesus so they will live forever. Give uh, to play things that are doing God's kingdom work because that is eternal. I mean, if you were to discover today that next Sunday, next Saturday, 1st of March, they were going to change uh, the currency of the world. And instead of being um, Australian dollars operating here, we're all going to have euros and all the rest of the money would become completely uh, useless. Now, what would you do in that scenario? I, I don't think you'd hang on to your money, would you? Or start storing it up. I think what you would do is you'd want to transfer it, put it into credit that will go on after next Saturday to March the 1st so that you would have euros. You'd transfer them into euros and everything that you had that was in Australian currency, you'd change it over so that you can have euros. Well, the fact is that there is coming a time where we will pass from this life into eternity. There's a time when we will die or when Christ will return, and both of them could be any time. And, and what happens is, when that happens, all the things that we put here on earth, our hope and trust in, you know, all the material things, all the things that, we, that won't last, we can't take with us. They go. They're left behind. The only things that will survive after that date will be the things that you've been storing up and preparing for for eternity, the, the giving that you've done towards God's kingdom to people's lives. It seems ridiculous, doesn't it, to accumulate vast amounts of material things, knowing that that is inevitable, that one day we will die, one day we will go to be with him, one day what we imagine will happen next Saturday will actually happen for us. So in the time that we have remaining, what I want to encourage us just to think about together is every single week we have a part in our service where we give to God through offering and we give our offerings to him. And in just the rest of this time, I just thought for the rest of the whole year we're going to be saying at one point in the service, we're coming now to give our tithes and offerings to God. And I just thought it would be great at this time of the year, the start of the year, to just try and together do some wrestling around what kind of things are going through our mind when we come to the offering part. What should go in? How, how do we think we should be giving? What kind of things should we be thinking about when we do that? How should we prepare for that? Now, giving to God is giving our whole lives. It's... It's uh, like Paul says in Romans 12, verse 1, offer your whole bodies as living sacrifices. But for the rest of this service, we're just going to be focusing mainly on giving when it comes to giving of our resources. And there's, um, in the Bible, there's a word that's often used to describe a certain 
kind of giving, and it's the type of giving called tithing. And what, and what is tithing? A tithe means a tenth part. Tenth. It's just a, describing a portion or a part of something. And it's a word that God uses through Scripture. And in the Old Testament, a tithe or a tenth of one's income was required to be given to God. When the children of God disobeyed uh, this commandment, then it was regarded as actually robbing God. Uh, Why don't we look together at these words? Uh, Malachi chapter 3 and verses 8 to 9. Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. Chapter 3 and verses 8 to 9. And listen to what God says to his people in the Old Testament who weren't bringing the tithes to him. Malachi 3, 8 to 9. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. So in the Old Testament, to not give the tithe was robbing God. In addition to the tithe in the Old Testament, the Hebrews were to give offerings as well. And on top of their offerings, there was special provisions that were made for the needy, for the poor, to take care of them. For for example, uh, every seven years, all debts were to be forgiven. And special rules were were given to people who were harvesting that ensured that they would not go and pick up all the stuff that fell behind the harvester so that the poor people could come and be fed and cared for from what was left behind. Now, in the New Testament, the tithe is neither specifically rejected or specifically recommended. Uh, It does teach in the New Testament uh, that we're to give in proportion to the material blessings that we have received. And the New Testament especially commends sacrificial giving, you know, to give sacrificially. Uh, What I love about the tithe or about any fixed percentage that you come to in your mind, that it's easy just to figure out. I mean, if you're someone who uh, works in car sales and sometimes you earn a lot of money one week or a little amount of money one week, it's still just as easy to figure out how much to give. You don't have to... It's just 10%, isn't it? When you, or whatever agreed amount you've given. Uh, it makes it quite simple. You don't have to wrestle and think, oh, wow, how much do I give? It's, if you just give 10%, then it's, it's simple. Uh, it's also... Equally as simple if you have a set amount that you earn every week or every month that you're paid. Makes it easy. Um, Some of the dangers that can happen with tithing is that you can treat it as just another, simply another bill. And rather than giving it uh, to God as part of your worship, you can just uh, give it, you know, and give it off in a uh, habitual you know, not really thinking about it way. 
Another danger is that you can think, now that I've given my tithe, I've done everything that's required. Isn't that good? I've fulfilled my obligations to the Lord. Whereas the New Testament uh, sort of doesn't limit it to just the tithe. The scripture kind of in the New Testament is unclear on exactly how much we should give. But as Mandy and I have prayed over the years together and as we've wrestled with how much we should give, we've never gone under 10%. Uh, We've never come under giving 10% to the local church where we've attended and worshipped. And the reason that we feel that is that we feel that our our giving should, should not only be the same at least as what it was in the Old Testament because the New Testament seems to give more, you know, say give sacrificially, you know, give over and above. But we felt that that was important to do at least what God required in the Old Testament. We also want to give offerings as well, not just tithe, but offerings as well. And so we've tried to do that as well in our uh, married life together. The reason is because giving isn't essential for life. If you're giving and continually giving away, it affects you, your character. It changes you. As you give it to God, it's part of your worship. And we're incredibly thankful for what God has done. So that's what we do. I think for Christians, the reason that other people may feel that giving 10% is important is because right through the Old Testament, God required it. As we've seen in that passage that we looked at, you know, for, for the Old Testament, it was robbing God not to give it. And also in Leviticus 27.30, a tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain or fruit, belongs to God and must be set apart to him as holy. That's what it says in Leviticus as, as God was telling his people what they should give. You know, I think many people say, but it's just Old Testament law, so don't even use the word tithe. You know, well, tithe is just 10%. It's just a, an amount. It's not, uh, we're not referring to bringing back an Old Testament law. But what we're saying when we use the word tithe is saying uh, giving 10% seems to be more than just an Old Testament law. It seems to be a principle that came through scriptures. And before the law was even given, Uh, 400 years before Moses uh, was born, uh, what happened was Abraham tithed, gave 10% of all that he had to God. And it seems that not only before the law, but right through the law, uh, the principle of 10% seems to be biblical. So that's why uh, I think many Christians determined to give at least 10%. Jesus himself... He, well, he, he really highlighted sacrificial giving. He talked a lot about giving. Uh, he, he, often, he, he would point out people. You remember the widow who gave everything that she had was noticed by Jesus. And Jesus pointed her out and, and, and said, to, said to the disciples and those around that she had given more than all the others, even though she'd given such a small amount, but she'd given more because she gave everything that she had. And he honoured her because she'd given sacrificially. 
You know, she wasn't a, a 10 percenter. <laughs> she trusted God with everything. And Jesus said, this is good. You know, then there's uh, other, other times where, where Jesus was anointed at, at Bethany by a, a woman who came in and just broke expensive perfume all over Jesus' feet. And people said, what a waste, what a waste. But he said, you know, no, what she's done is a good thing. And this will be remembered, expensive perfume. People were, were, were saying the cost was extravagant in amount. His sacrificial giving, not 10% of it, it was that. And so Jesus seems to be saying to us, you know, don't, don't try and just limit it to any amount. And it seems that if Jesus calls us to giving generously, then I think that giving less than what God wanted his people to give in the Old Testament seems to be inappropriate. So for our family, 10% is the beginning place. For Christians, 10% is often the first steps they take when it comes to giving. Giving my tithe regularly uh, actually reminds me each Sunday when we come together and we come to the time when we give, it, it reminds me that all that I have has been given to me by God. You know, every time I put that in the offering bowl, every time Mandy gives our, our giving and you give yours, it's a great opportunity to remind yourself that this is a representation that everything you have comes from God. And by putting it aside and by giving it in each week, you're saying to God, God, this is acknowledging that you have given me all that I have and all that I have is yours. I think uh, this is kind of what Deuteronomy 18, uh, chapter 8 and verse 18 says. Always remember that it is the Lord your God who gives you the power to become rich. Uh, also, um, when I give, uh, it's kind of thanking God for all that he has given me. In Psalm 116, verse 12, it says, What can I offer to the Lord for all he has done? And Deuteronomy 16, and verse 17 says, all, they must, all, all must give as they are able according to the blessing given to them by the Lord. Take time during the service. When it comes to the offering time, to give and to pause and to say, God... For, give thanks for the things he has done for me. To God be the glory. You know, give thanks for what he's done in, to you in your life. With his blood he has saved me. With his power he has raised me. He's given me spiritual material blessings all around. I will give thanks to him. Take that time as you worship him with joy for what he's given you. Where should we put this tithe or this amount that you have decided. Remembering that, you know, the Bible doesn't actually say you have to give, you know, sacrificial giving, but if you're saying I'm starting with the 10%, the tithe, where should that go? Well, we feel that, I feel that the, we're the people of God. We're the body of Christ. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that you're giving should predominantly be at your place of worship, at the church. God is working through us and in us. 
And here he's working out his purposes in each one of us. You know, the Bible also indicates that this should be where we should bring our tithes or the amount that we've given. You see, in the Old Testament, in Malachi 10, it says, bring your whole tithe into my storehouse. Bring it into the place, into the storehouse. In the Old Testament, the the place of worship was the temple. So people would come to the temple and they would bring their gifts and the first fruits of what they earned to the place of worship, to the temple. You know, it's interesting that when the believers gathered together in the early church, uh, 1 Corinthians 16.6, it says, On the first day of the week, each of you should put aside some amount of money in relation to what you have earned and save it for this offering. So the early believers were putting aside money, bringing it to the church, to the gathering that they had, and were giving it to God as they gathered together. I think the tithe or the the amount that you have chosen to give should come first to the church. First day of the week. That's a Sunday. It says on the first day of the week, that's a Sunday. And I think that's what, what we should do. You know, we help you to do this in a number of ways. There's giving envelopes that are available at the information desk as you come here, come in. So you can grab those as you leave and you can take those and just put a little bit in the envelope each week. Also, on the front of our news sheet, right at the bottom right-hand corner, is another way that you can give to regularly. You can give through FPOS, you know, through the BSB numbers and you can do that as well and you can give regularly. You can go to your bank and even get a direct debit form where the money will come out regularly as soon as it goes into your account. The first thing you can do is give 10% to God and, and that's a way you can do that. Every week we give together in our services and that's a, to, to give it that way too. I think you should teach your children this principle. To, to, to give something to God, to keep something to save for themselves and to spend the rest. You know, 10% to God, 10% to savings and 80% to, to spend down the lolly shop or wherever they want. You know, isn't that, 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 that's great. Just to teach them from a very young age. Give to God. Do you know, um, as Mandy and I have, have given to God, one of the things that we have found is God is always, always faithful. And uh, we can say that. Now you can say, oh, it's easy for you to say, you know, you're pastor and everything. But we haven't always been in this position. Uh, when Mandy and I first got married, she was working for Youth Dimension. And you know how much they pay you? Nothing. <laughs> you have to raise your own support and have people that would feel that God was saying to support you. So for the first years of our marriage, I was studying at Bible college. You know how much they pay you for studying at Bible college? You pay them, you know. And together, we were just uh, depending on, on, on what we had, support of people. And uh, yet in those times, every time things come in, we'd give 10% back to God. We'd uh, honour him in that way. And God has been faithful right through the whole process. Just as we finish, I think, over and above our giving 10%, do you know what? There's some really important things that we must not neglect together. And I think they're offerings. You know, tithes and offerings, we say. 
And we say, as we're bringing them up, they're saying, you know, let's give to God over and above our regular giving to what God's doing in and of this church. And I, I think God calls us to prayerfully consider what other needs there are around us as well. And we, as a church, we often bring to you needs and say, would you like to give to this over and above your regular giving? You know, um, some of these things you'll be aware of, like um, some of them are to people. Uh, sometimes we bring people before you and to share. And in March, just coming up uh, in, a, in a month, next month, we're going to bring up before you James and Carolyn Punton. And they're people that are members of our church who are beginning ministry at La Trobe Uni. And we're going to tell you about their ministry. They're going to share about their ministry. And in that, we would love you to be praying, God, over and above my regular giving that I give to the church, are you calling me to give a little bit extra to this couple regularly? so they can do the work of the ministry there as well. You know, this is what, how missionaries are supported. For you and I saying, there are, I'm, I really feel God is placing on my heart to support these people over this part of the world and, and to really give to them regularly and, and, to, and to pray in that way. So often we have missionaries that come and we want you to seek whether God's calling you to support them. I think there are other uh, times as well where we will ask you to give to a particular mission project. And May is Mission Month in our church. So this year, we're going to be asking you to consider what you can give over and above your regular giving to missionaries in Malawi. And uh, we'll be looking at the Gervans and the Wilmonts and Total Life Care and all that they're doing. And right over that time, we would love you to be praying, God, what are you calling me to give to these people? And that's saying, God, I want to step out in faith. I want to give what I feel you're calling me to give to this area and to give in that, in that way. You know, another great thing that you can do over and above your regular giving is support a child. We found great delight um, in supporting a child and our kids every night. We, we can't go to bed without our kids praying for little Abdul who lives over the other side of the world and we, and we get little letters from him and we give to that. And that's over and above our regular uh, giving. And you can help a life. You can help a child and give to them as well. You can also give um, to the building fund. You know, we would just love uh, God to continue to put on your heart to, for you to give over and above your regular giving for the building fund. Uh, you know, sometimes people really understand that what is happening out there right now, the building of future properties, will actually help transform lives as people, young people, as children are taught and are trained and equipped and come to know more about Jesus, as Life Force Ministries flood that whole area, as people uh, are sharing in coffees out the back at the new you know, coffee area that will be there, as the library goes up there. These are all things that aren't just so that we can have a bigger building. They're so that God can help change lives and that more and more people can come to know Jesus and be changed in these buildings. And sometimes... Some people just say, oh, you know what? I'm just going to give to that and draw a check out over and above their regular giving and give to that. And, you know, we're, we'd love, if you were thinking of doing that, to just do that. Seek God and say, how much you know, are you asking me to give to that? Also, we bring before you emergencies, the tsunami you gave so generously, Kenya just recently again, and, and drought relief we, we give to. There's so many times when we will say there's something that we just want to ask you to give over and above your regular giving. And 
Another great thing that you can have so much joy in doing, have you heard of random acts of violence? They're horrible. You know, you see them sometimes on the news where for just senseless things people have hurt others. Why don't you try some random acts of kindness? I mean, why don't you just surprise someone by giving generously to them? You know what I mean? Like anonymously, someone you know that's struggling, just go and put a $50 note in their letterbox, you know, and just go away with joy. Or, or if someone's struggling, lend them your car. Or if they need a hand, why don't you just do that? I mean, this, God just wants us to be people that are uh, not only giving regularly to, to God's work and to his kingdom, but also giving as we see needs Aware, You know what, some of you this morning are saying, Jonathan, this is just so unfair. I'm in debt. Um, you know, I don't even know how to manage my own money and now you're saying, give 10%, you know. Uh, just a couple of responses. Put God first. Um, if you don't know how to do that, we've got the best help that you could possibly have. Life Force, get the brochure. Crown Financial Ministries are running a course. It's coming up. And Lindsay and Heather Juniper run this. They just are so passionate about it. And it's all talking about getting out of debt, finding out how God wants us to use the things that he's given us and to be good stewards for that. I just recommend that course today. It's starting in this next lot of, of life, life Force. Sign up for it. Get the help to, to use your finances God's way. And finally, I just want to say, hey, church, you astound me. I mean, every week you come and with just so little, well, you know, we don't, want to, we don't ever pressure people here because it's not giving to the church. It's, it's giving to God and his purposes. And yet every week we come and we take the offerings and you just give. You know what it tells me? There's a committed church receiving from God and overflowing with thankfulness. I'm uh, proud of each one of you, who, you know, continuing to give. I just think as God stirs your heart together, we will be able to achieve all that he's calling us to do for his kingdom. Let's pray together. Oh, God, thank you for giving to us. Thank you for the privilege of being able to give back to you and to give to others. We're thankful. And today, God, we just want to uh, say, God, would you just continue to speak to us about what we're to give? God, help us to be settled in our minds about this as a family and as couples and as individuals. God, just help us to determine what we're to give and to come regularly and faithfully to give and to respond when you lay things on our hearts to give as well. And God, we thank you that this is your church and all the things that you're calling us to do are in your hands. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Right now, I'd just love you to grab the blue cards and take them out.